has beaten the Michigan Wolverines. He's with one. He's in for the win. For the second time in three seasons, the Wofford Terriers come to Chapel Hill and knock off a top 25 North Carolina. Mercer has pulled the upset, and Duke is one second on the clock. Paladins need the end zone. Martin Pumpfakes throws it to the back. Kyles, and he is short, short of the first down, and the Citadel Bulldogs are going to be eight against a four and five team from the FCS. And here comes Montreal Washington. Welcome to the State of the SoCon, the best conference in sports. I'm Sam, we got Jeb and Michael here, and we are going to give you the best show about the best conference ever. We're going to introduce ourselves, we're going to give our favorite SOCON movement, reaction to media days, we're going to preview some top basketball non-conference matchups, give you a little preseason prediction, and then talk about the incredible football season we've had so far. Let's uh, introduce ourselves. Uh, Jeb, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, my name's Jeb. Graduated from Sanford University in 2017. You know, yeah, just looking forward to talking about SoCon. Uh, it's It's been something that we've always kept up with, and uh, we're looking to provide more content to the to SoCon fans. Yeah. Hey, I'm Michael. Like Jeb said, uh, Sanford class of 2017. Three of us graduated together and all studied business together. Had a, had a great time at Sanford and love love Sanford sports. So really looking forward to uh, talking not Sanford, but SoCon in general. We've got a great basketball season ahead of us and wrapping up a really stellar football season so far. So really looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, and I'm Sam. And like they said, graduated from Sanford. Grew up in Chattanooga, so the SoCon's always been uh, in the background of my sports life. Everything from Appalachian State beating Michigan uh, to watching some of the that great dynasty play in the national championship at UTC Stadium. And yeah, we're just looking forward to giving some more information about our awesome conference and covering it because honestly, I think the national media ignores it. So just to kind of kick it off, guys, what is your favorite moment, your favorite SOCON moment? It could be anytime while we're at Sanford, after Sanford, doesn't have to be Sanford, probably will be. What was your favorite SoCon moment? Yeah, Sam, I'd have to say, you know, being a Sanford fan last year in December, that game against Old Miss, you know, Sanford co- going to Old Miss, mm-hmm. basketball, uh, potty, great potty. season. Yeah, <laughs> just beating them 75-73. SEC, it just matters more. Yeah. Um, never forget the SoCon was here before the SEC anyway. So um, That's right, the OG, baby. The OG. We, we, are, we are the SEC's daddy. Yeah. So, you know, I'd hate to, you know, go with the Homer pick, but yeah, definitely Sanford beating Old Miss in recent years. So that was fun. I'd have to go. Obviously, this is like not just SoCon biggest moment, but possibly college football in general. But when App State, you know, hit the field goal to beat, or did they yeah. miss the field goal? Did Michigan miss the field goal? They, they, uh, they blocked the field goal. Right. But they right. didn't have to run it all the way back, but they did. Because right. why the hell not? Just epic in the big house. Why not? In the big that's house. one that like obviously top we five ranked than. Michigan. Yeah, top five ranked Michigan. Michigan, obviously one of the probably top five programs in all of college football historically. Um, they would this like year included. So, yeah. so when I you know when I graduated from Stanford, I moved to Knoxville. Y'all know that, but a lot of people from Boone, which is where App State's located, actually moved to Knoxville, and so a number of friends that went to App State, and I think that moment became more special to me when I met those people, and I just learned like how important that moment is to all of the city of Boone and App State in general. It's just something they still talk about. So obviously App State's not in the SoCon anymore, but but what a moment. Yeah, it really was incredible. I kind of have two. So as I had said, I grew up in Chattanooga and I'll never forget, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade, Davidson was playing UTC uh, at McKenzie Arena, right? And Davidson had this little guy named Steph Curry and he was taking the basketball world by storm. I remember... It was middle school, and the hottest ticket, the hottest ticket was for that game. And you that was my first. You Hannah. Oh, I don't doubt it. I mean, it was yeah. a, a one-man basketball show. And I want to say, and that was right before UTC kind of went on a run, made the tournament, um, and the UTC basketball coach was like our neighbor. So we were really tuned into UTC basketball. But the second one, easily, 
Samford <laughs> versus Florida. 42 points in the first half mm. in the swamp. Uh, probably the most embarrassing SEC performance in history, if I if I had to guess. Especially because Stanford was a pretty average football team that year. We um, we had Montreal Washington, who's in the NFL, and we you know we had some dogs, but for the most part, we ended the season I think four and six. So by no means the most competitive Stanford team in the past ten years, and yet we hung forty two on the Gators in the swamp. Incredible. Now the second half. Second half wasn't as great. I think we scored ten points. Yeah, the second half wasn't as great, but. You know, being a Sanford <laughs> fan, um, probably just being a SoCon fan in general, you know, you go show up to a big, uh, big school like that, yeah. right? And in the swamp. I mean, play like that. If you're outside of Florida, you hate Florida. I mean, it was right when we. Sanford's given us some some nice SEC scares over the years. We oh, had Auburn in twenty Mississippi State or our senior year. Yeah, Arkansas should have won the game, year. and then they're not SEC, but Florida State. I mean, shoot, <sighs> what could have been? Sanford could have been on the map big time, like the app state of the, yeah. the old SoCon days. If only we played at A&M this year. <laughs> they lay up. Oh, Maybe if Nick so Saban cute. weren't too afraid to schedule us, he's never scheduled Sanford as their non-conference game. So oh, I Maybe he's that. scared. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he watched the Georgia game and realized that maybe they're not that scary. Uh, we covered the spread. <laughs> We didn't score any we, points, but we covered the spread. We almost put up as many points as Tennessee. Hey. Yeah, should we just make this uh, SoCon <laughs> betting podcast? It's still open. <laughs> okay, let's talk about – so SoCon basketball media days just happened, right? We've had an awesome football season, which we'll get back to, because the SoCon is on the verge of possibly putting three teams in the playoff, probably two, but maybe three. But like I said, we'll get to that, we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's focus on basketball. So obviously the season's kicked off. Uh, we're, we're one game into the season. Uh, nobody's really played anybody big. There's been a few surprises, um, but the conference the conference matchups don't start until December 28th or 29th when Sanford takes on Mercer. So there's still a good bit of time for the teams to kind of get up, uh, get up in gear, and you know really compete in the the part of the season that matters uh, because it all comes down to the SoCon tournament, and it always helps to be a higher seed. Now, what's this about? Uh... About an at-large bid as well for a for SoCon yeah, team. Yeah, so there not there is some there is some rumblings winner. in the national basketball media that the SoCon's poised to get an at-large bid this year on top of their automatic berth. There's four teams: Furman, UTC, Sanford, and UNCG. All right, so SoCon media days for basketball just wrapped up, uh, I guess last week, and they came out with a coaches poll. Now. I'm not going to say the first three or four are surprising, but as we had mentioned just a moment ago, there is some rumblings, and there might be some disagreement when I say this, but there are some rumblings that the SOCON is poised to put two teams in the tournament this year. Now, that's for one, two, three reasons primarily. One, uh, the talent level is might be at one of its highest levels in a long time. Two, uh, a lot of the SoCon teams, the top teams, have ample opportunity in the non-conference to prove themselves in Power 5 matchups. Um, and then three, the conference is top-heavy enough to where if they, if two teams can successfully navigate the non-conference and then dominate in conference, are going to have a strong enough record, strong enough strength of record, uh, and will have a good enough resume to justify a, you know, 9 to 13, 14 at large bid on top of the automatic berth. But there's a long way to go. Um, are, you saying, and, are you saying that's the seeding in the, in the tournament? tournament for the okay. at large? So we're not even talking about like play in games here or anything. We're talking about. We're talking straight up. Like, well, the play in the a 9 and a 14 seed. Yeah, in the tournament. It's crazy. And there's it talk that the conference champ there. could be. Like an eight to ten seed. Wow. Yeah. I which would I, be wild. I struggle to, to subscribe to that just because if you look at the non conference schedule, there are some good games in there. I mean, you've got a couple people playing Belmont. UNCG's got Arkansas in, in December, who's Arkansas's number ten in the country right now. 
Texas A&M, Georgia. Which we would not expect them to beat number 10 Arkansas. But if they no, 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 no. But if you, you know, if you play them well, and I just, at least compared to last year's non-conference schedule, it, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think, yeah. like you said, Sam, one team would really have to, to run the table in the conference, uh, you know, whether it be Furman, Sanford, UC, UNCG, or Chattanooga, who are the top four teams, uh, I think in most people's opinion kind of run the conference schedule and then lose in the championship game in a close game. That's really, yeah, in my it would opinion, definitely take way. the right combination of things happening, but let's go over the, let's go over the coaches poll. So the preseason coaches poll, Furman is number one. They got six first place votes. Sanford is number two. They got four. Uh, and then UNCG's three, UTC's four, Walford is five, East Tennessee state is six, Mercer's seven, Western Carolina, eight, Citadel nine and VMI, as we all probably assumed, is ten. Uh, so, what, what what y'all's just gut reaction to those rankings? It's pretty expected. Um, I, you know, I think Furman returns most of their pr- production from last year, including and their Jalen Slauson. Yeah, Jalen Slauson, defensive player of the year. Mike Bothwell, who was. Uh, you know, had a chance at winning SoCon Player of the Year last year. Um, so you know, and they they lost in overtime to UTC in the in the SoCon Championship. Heartbreaker, game, so pretty expected. I don't, but I, really I don't feel do, bad for them. But heartbreaker, no, they're they're. I mean, they've got a target on their back this year, no doubt about the it. The Dens, baby, the Dens. Sanford, though, I mean, Sanford, you know, four first place votes from the coaches poll. I think they came in at three in the uh, preseason media poll with five votes. Mm-hmm. They're returning. Most of their production, they lost one big guy who they've replaced with Akor Akor. Is that his name? Who's I think injured right now, but he should get some good minutes once he comes back. But they've got four preseason All Conference players. He's seven foot, right? Yeah, I think he's seven one. I think he. I think Atcher Atcher. I think they got a big boy. Yeah, he's good and he's versatile. I mean, he can he can score from anywhere on the court. He can handle Jake Stevens esque. I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know if he's going to be shooting 49% from three. That'd be hype, though. Let's be real. It'd be hype. Yeah, that would be pretty sick. But then Chattanooga, obviously, they've got Jake Stevens, uh, who transferred there. They've also got, I think, one other player from VMI. Uh, just lost the name. but um, Yeah, can we hit on that real quick? The fact that VMI's coach and best player, and I think Maybe another guard are two, now two, yeah two of their best players transferred are now playing at UTC. That shouldn't be allowed. It's kind of weird. Like in this day and age of the waiver or the, your one free transfer, it's kind of wild how that can really swing. And in conference, nonetheless, in conference, yeah, yeah. VMI is they're predicted last, last. Yeah. I mean, it's a talent suck essentially is what happened there. And you kind of they, I mean, they were middle of the road last year. I think they finished nine it, and nine. I call it a consolidation of talent, but I'll just (laughs) Well, when you lose the player when you lose the the reigning conference player of the year to Gonzaga, you're definitely gonna need to to, uh, restock with some talent. That's facts. That's crazy. Crazy to me that he transferred Malachi Smith to Gonzaga. I was gonna say, you know, I think Wofford's surprising in a sense. I mean, they're I Mm -hmm. I don't know, Michael. I mean are they a middle? Of the, are they expected to be a middle of the pack team? They've had some pretty good seasons the last few years. Uh, yeah, they beat some team in North Carolina. Yeah, right? all right. I was gonna get there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as a North Carolina fan, uh, you know, Wofford. You know, I guess the the all time record between North Carolina and Wofford is is two and two. So it's a battle right there. Wow. Yeah, for that battle. for that to be up, you know at five hundred is. Uh, <laughs> What are you guys ranked? Uh, is it number one? I think this year. Yeah. You yeah. think you can hold off the happy Wofford's If we played Wofford, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we played Wofford this year, they might not be good for them. But yeah, so I Wofford think- is picked fifth. As you, they picked fifth yeah, in they're, both they're coaches five. and media poll. Yep. So I don't know. I I expect maybe you know, my prediction is we'll probably see them slip in against a team that kind of falls down into the middle of the pack out of the top four, you know, out of the Furman, the Sanford, the UNCG, the Chattanooga. One of those teams is, you know, likely to not live up to the expectations, you know, preseason estimates, right? And then 
I expect to see maybe Wofford slip it in there. So yeah, uh, they could. They could, right? Who, um, who do you think of the of the top four that everybody's kind of sold on? Furman, Sanford, UCNG, and Ch- Chattanooga. Who's got the best chance to to kind of drop back or not? You know, underperform this season. Chattanooga. You think so? And 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 this is why. Yes, transfers are great. But when you're transferring, essentially, ha- they they transfer more than just the VMI kids, right? They, I think half the team, I think their coach said five, maybe seven guys total are new to UTC. It's hard to put, especially as a first year coach, it's hard to put, you know, your stamp on the team and gel as a culture, as a unit, all in one season, and especially a basketball season that comes together really quickly, because you can you can blink and you're ten games into the season, you're five and five, and I mean your your season's over. And I think that Chattanooga is going to have a tough time. They obviously have the talent. They have one of the best players in the conference, um, an unguardable player. An unguardable player. He can't score 100 points a game. And this conference is loaded with scorers. Yeah. And it's going to take a very cohesive unit to win this conference. You know, we've got a segment coming up. uh, You know, we're going to go through the preseason predictions, so I don't want to spoil too much of that. (laughs) But... uh, I'm saving yeah. some juice for that, but that's good. Uh, that's good. Good point. My bad. No, I'd like that you brought up Wofford, Jeb, because um, watching Media Days, they are an interesting team. They are definitely a team that could go either way. They were picked fifth, as we said, uh, but they have Messiah Jones back, and they have a BJ Mack. Both guys are mid to big size players that can play small or big. Like they're very versatile. Wofford matches up well with a lot of teams. They're athletic. Now, their biggest weakness that they said that they wanted to improve on is their three-point defense. In a league that is going to be one of the top three, well, supposed to be one of the top three-pointing conferences in basketball, you got to shore that up. Uh, But it would not shock me. Would not shock me at all if Wofford snuck itself into the top three seeds come conference tournament time. Yeah, Wofford's Wofford's got something special at the uh, four and five position there with, you know, Messiah Jones and BJ Mack, right? Both. Both two players that were named to the uh, preseason All Conference team. So, and I think Masai yeah, Jones was wasn't he hurt most of last yeah, season? Yeah, he was hurt. Played mm-hmm. like five games and played pretty well. Yep. Uh, but VJ Mack, they have him. He's you know he's he was healthy and and played really well last year. So. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, both seniors. So a couple of veterans. So yeah, we'll see. So I'm interested to see what ETSU does. Uh, I mean, I yeah. know they does all of her. I think he's they a want to coach. play fast and shoot a lot. Well, so last year they didn't have a big man, but I think they've got a couple guys that came in that could could you know add some size down low. And uh, but they lost so much talent. They lost uh, the Brewer twins to I think UAB. Lost a couple other guys. I mean, they were stacked with talent last year and finished eighth in the conference. So it'll well, be because to of see. what you just said. They got yeah. pushed. They didn't have any size. They, they got, got pushed, pushed around. around. They got this kid. He's 6'8", 280. 280. That's, that's a big boy. And that's yeah, like that's a, a difference that's maker a bully in, in the paint. majors. And yeah. they brought him in to do exactly that. You can have – I mean, anywhere you go in the mid-majors, you're going to have good guard play. But it's the bigs that differentiate, you know, the good from the great. And I'll pull It's tough to find good versatile bigs that aren't playing, uh, you know, Top Power Five conferences, except for Jake Stevens. So it looks like that would be Jalen Haynes. Jalen Haynes, sophomore, transferred in from Virginia Tech. It lists him at two fifty five on here, but at media days they said he was two eighty. Maybe he cut some weight. Hard to say. <laughs> that's a lot of weight to lose. That's a lot of that's in a couple a weeks. That's a lot. But yeah, Jalen Haynes uh, pushing just people around. Those numbers but up. the thing is, I mean, looking at ETSU's roster, it still looks like they're going to struggle against some of the bigger teams. I mean, they got six; they tap out at six nine, and the kid's a freshman, Braden Illick from Morristown, Tennessee. Well, um, you don't want to forget about Brock Jancic, transfer from Tennessee. Oh, grad transfer from Tennessee. Grad transfer six, from eight, Tennessee. Two twenty five. He played seventeen seven games. Two time SEC academic honor roll. Smart academic, guy. Academic weapon. Well, do they, That's what he is. Do they go to school in the SEC? Is that a requirement? I know uh, it is in the SOCOM. More so than they do it at UNC. They take real <laughs> classes in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, he went to Knox Catholic. Yeah, he's a, he's a Knox boy. His, his brother's a – I think he's a tight end. He is – man, he is East Tennessee like through and through. I mean, how East Tennessee can you be if you go to Knox Catholic? 
Well, that's fair. You should that's know that, fair. That's yeah, that's fair. Okay, so let's talk about before we get to our predictions. Let's highlight. Let's hi- I highlighted two games, non-conference games for kind of the four top teams. Um, we can kind of go through what you all have too. So just starting off, we had already talked about UTC Ole Miss, and kind of the the drew these matchups to my attention was the fact that you know they're Power Five or their usual uh, tournament teams, right? So UTC's playing Ole Miss. Furman's got Penn State. UNCG's got Miami. Wofford has a tough schedule. They got LSU and Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, Sanford probably has the easiest non-conference out of the teams we've looked at. Uh, they have Central Florida and Belmont. Belmont's going to be a tough matchup. Belmont's going to be a tough matchup. It's, it's, in it's safe to say that Belmont's probably the toughest out of conference matchup yeah and so yeah and yeah exactly uh utc also has georgia so that's almost and georgia two sec schools now not sec you know big name sec basketball programs but like these i mean uga had the number one pick in the nba draft just a few years ago yeah i've um, got a new coach this year <laughs> kind of struggling hey we got to play it up you know utc is about to get that big dub in in athens <laughs> I hope so. That's saying he's got to represent down Didn't there. mention the uh, Arkansas matchup with UNC Greensboro. They're they're the last Ar- on my list. So I had UNCG okay. Miami at the top, and then UNCG Arkansas, Wofford, Vandy, Furman, NC State. So Furman's got NC State, Penn State. Yep. UTC's got Ole Miss, UGA. Sanford's got UCF, Belmont. Wofford's got LSU, Vandy, and UNCG's got Miami, Arkansas. Furman also has Belmont. To like on Saturday, yeah. I think. So Furman Wofford, actually, Furman, I think Furman and Wofford both had other big games too. Um, yeah, Texas A and M. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But if we're talking, yeah, A and M is gonna be good. A and M is a weird. They're a weird basketball school. They think they're kind of like football. They think they got it. Like every year, they think this is the year. Yeah. And it when never their coach cries that he'll make it in the NCAA tournament. It's, and they got uh, a really cool court. Like they got the state of Texas outline. Like it's cool. And they got Buzz, a rock. Buzz Williams atmosphere. is a good coach. He, he's taking yeah, his time he just getting his. Doesn't understand ready. that uh, College Station is a black hole for success. Hey, hey, coach, hey, coach, Texas A&M, Stanford alum. Jeb, what do you think about that uh, December thirteenth matchup with the Citadel at UNC? You think they've got a chance? <laughs> I think that could be a good one. So Citadel's uh, a cool story. Yeah, but they're not going to win that game. No. <laughs> Yeah, but they got I, a new coach. He was on the he was on their best team, their best team. Like I think back in the two thousands, he's fired up. He might bring Citadel back. Where did their Where did their old coach go? They got, well, they also lost their best player to South Carolina, and that guy put up twenty points yesterday. Michael, back to UNC. It's going to be another one of those. You know, twenty sixteen losing the championship, come back next year, bring our starters back, win the championship. You think so? So that's what happened last year. Who well, you've got Armando Baycott back, I guess. He's he's going to be possibly player of the year in the whole country. No, I mean, not to get off of SoCon or anything, but, you know, Leaky Black got all the oh, yeah. all the guys together and he said, look, let's come back together and let's win a championship. So I thought that was cool that he uh, yeah, kind of got the guys together. And, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it turns out, but... Sh- um, it's shadowing what, what happened year. in 2016 and 17. So, yeah, that was a uh, fun time. Okay, I think the Citadel coach Duggar Bachman was let go. Okay, and now we ha- now they have Ed Conroy, uh, who's a former player. So back to not to keep hunting it on Sanford because obviously we're biased there. But Go thinking about when I saw their schedule come out, I was a little disappointed in the non-conference yes, uh, sure. games. But thinking back to to last year. In, I'm not a coach, so I don't know. But thinking back to last year, you know, we had Belmont, which we lost in a, in a really physical game at home. Uh, we beat Ole Miss. We beat Oregon State. We lost mm-hmm. to San Francisco, who's a good team. But we had a really strong non-conference showing, and so there's a ton of hype in the program. Bucky was getting things turned around. And then we sucked in conference play yep. for the first half of the season. So I'm yep. wondering if they were just burnt out from all the competitive games they had to play leading into SoCon. Because in the back half of the season, they dominated. And they really turned things around. Obviously, finished third in the conference. So, I'm wondering if that was some of the thought. It was like, let's kind of ease our way into the season so that we're ready to roll. Because, obviously, SoCon's what matters. We got to win that championship if we want to make the big dance. 
No, yeah, we'll that's a great point, Mike. Yeah. Because we can talk about and fantasize about the SoCon getting an at-large bid, but the reality is you got to bank on your best shot is winning the conference tournament. And in order to do that, you need the pious seed for the fewest amount of games. And in order to do that, you got to just dominate the regular season. Absolutely. When even was there an at-large bid from the SoCon? Oh, that's a good question. Right? I mean, just a question, right? Like, when yeah. was the last... If this year's has the possibility of that happening, you know, when was the last time that happened? This is a hard question to answer. Yeah. Man. Sanford's only been to the tournament one time, two times. Is that 04? Last time was in 2000. Oh, so here's wow. just a quick, this is a fun little run. Yeah, and so, so that was that was actually when Sanford had, I believe that was when we had our first and only ever NBA draft pick. Oh, wow. Well, that'll, hey, that'll take you to the NCAA tournament. So UTC leads the list. They have 12 total bids. Uh, they've, they've been to the Sweet 16 in 1997. Uh, ETSU has 10 bids. They went to the Sweet 16 in 1968. Wow. Furman has six bids. They haven't been to the tournament since 1980, but they have a Sweet 16 appearance as well in 1974. Wofford's been five times, no Sweet 16. UNCG has been four times. VMI three times, but not since 1977. But they've been to the Elite Eight in 1976. They they have made it the furthest out of any of the SoCon schools. VMI? represent VMI. Wow. Uh, Mercer, they've had three bids. Sanford's had two, and Western Carolina has had one. So what team did I not say? Citadel. They're the only SoCon school to have not made the NCAA tournament, but that's okay because they're the only SoCon school to make it to the College World Series in baseball. So, and they have a national championship in football. So they are presented well, in other ways. They're holding their own in other ways. That's right. That's right. When was that national championship in football? 1920? It was, I want to say 1992, but let's see. Citadel. Oh, wow. It's a military school, right? Yeah. 1992 finished 11 and 2 and number one in the final poll. Yeah, we need to go. We need to make sure we hit up all the SoCon uh, stadiums, football and basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Citadel has always been a school I've wanted to go visit. I'm sure it's beautiful. And we're pretty spread out, right? I mean, like oh, yeah. Mike's in Tennessee. I'm in North Carolina. Sam's in Georgia. So, yep. Uh, you know, hopefully right, we so can yeah. meet up and Jeb, you probably got games. the most. I mean, between North Carolina and South Carolina, it's like half the SoCon. Yeah, out there. Like half the conference. <laughs> yeah. ETSU. VMI is probably the furthest, right? Um, yes. But ETSU is kind yeah, of awkward yeah. for everybody. ETSU, yep. Um, all right, so let's go. Let's go back to the non-conference games. So, are there any games that we talked about uh, that stick out as one winnable, but also if they do win, like good, like a good win? I think um, Belmont. Yeah. Yeah, Sanford, because they Belmont, show up a couple and times. Who else is playing Belmont? Did you say Walford or Furman? Furman plays them on Friday. Furman, and then Sanford's got them on December twenty-first. I just think Belmont is has been a really strong program in the. Yep. Valley Conference for the last several years. I think they barely missed out on the on the tournament last year, but I think that's one that if you're trying to get an at-large bid, it shows that you can you know, show up and compete against a school like that when they're yeah. you know because Arkansas and UNC and some of those big you know big top ten teams, you're not expecting to win those games. Yeah, those aren't yeah. No. If you win, it's just icing on the cake. You're getting a big check yeah. out of it, I'm sure. And that's the thing. Like we talked about, if the SoCon was to get an at-large bid. Furman to me jumps out as the team who could feasibly get an at-large bid without winning the conference title. Yeah, um, because they have so many opportunities. I mean, I, I think they're gonna. I think they could totally beat Penn State, and they could totally beat NC State. Sam, is that your segue into uh, our preseason predictions? It is. It <laughs> All is. Right. I just uh, wanted to make sure because <laughs> I have Furman finishing second in the in the tournament. Okay. Right. You know it'll be so interesting who, not who to, not you? to get real quick back to Belmont and we can cut yeah. this, but big you big Belmont fan over here. Well, I'm he lives trying in to Nashville. Go to is in Nashville, but Furman, Furman, UTC, and Sanford all play Belmont. It'll be interesting to see how they all stack up. Oh, I love that. The same, the I love same that. Opponent. Yes. That's yeah. a really good call out. Yep. So okay, Sam, so... Sam, who do you have as your 
number one winning the SoCon. I mean, let's be. You really have nice. Furman getting in second. I'm not a. I'm not a sports journalist. Head. I don't. I don't have to be unbiased. <laughs> I got Sanford number one. Yeah, baby. We're loaded. Right. Yeah, we're right. shot in a while. Yeah, so I got Sanford number one knocking off Furman. I got Wofford finishing third because I really think that they're going to outperform kind of their expectations. I got UNCG coming in fourth. I got UTC slipping to fifth, followed really tightly. ETSU, I think, could pass you. I think I'm not high at all on UTC. I think ETSU could bump them, but I still have them behind. And then Citadel, Western Carolina, Mercer. And then, I mean, VMI is unfortunately probably the easiest pick out of all of this just because of their loss of talent. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll jump into it. I mean, my my at large team, if if it happens, right? Uh, <laughs> it has to be it has to be UNC Greensboro. Okay. So, Tell us know, why. I think UNC Greensboro is my dark horse. Um, might be somewhat of a homer pick because you it's a North Carolina school. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that this team it had they have a history of playing well in this conference. They do. They have I can just They have the talent. I, yeah, they have the talent. Yeah, I think I think this team's gonna show up. And they brought in a really good transfer from UMBC who has showed up in the in the big dance a couple times in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, no, they're a pretty experienced team. They only have two true good. freshmen. Isn't that crazy? Okay. Wow. So yeah, that's pretty so, good. So UNC Greensboro only has two freshmen. Uh, so they return a lot of their team. Experienced team. You know, none of these guys are the – we're not seeing any of these guys, you know, being named to the All-Southern Conference team. But I really do think that maybe some of the depth there – it's going to help them uh, down the stretch, and uh, we'll see them do really well in uh, conference play. Um, but I think, and I'm just going to predict it here, but the Arkansas matchup. Let's see what you heard happens. it here first. You heard it here <laughs> first, people. UNC Greensboro is going to upset Arkansas. Upset Arkansas. I love so, it. I love it. So if that happens. That's going to really set up their resume for an at-large bid. Oh, um, yes, it would. Right? So you'd kind of need that to happen. the momentum, but, yeah. Right. So we'll see how that goes. But the conference play, I think they'll play well. Uh, and then call me a homer again, just like Sam, but I've got Sanford winning the SoCon this season <laughs> and uh, and making it to the tournament. I think we all – I feel I think like we, we couldn't be I think real we fans all, if we didn't. Yeah. I – I do really always play that card, right? It's like I'm not an analyst. I'm not some <laughs> media guy, right? We're not getting we're paid. just a bunch of guys who And we're not know, experts. We just follow this. Yeah. We're not experts. So you know, yeah, I just I can't uh, ever not pick my school, right? So they're gonna win it. Uh UNC Greensboro's gonna get a gonna get a bid. I like and it. And then and then I'm gonna see So uh, what happened to Furman? Well, hold on. So, Ooh. my third team finishing in the SoCon is going to be Wofford. Wow. Wow. I think wow. Wofford's my other dark horse. The Terriers. Uh, yeah. Uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show, but uh, Wofford at three, Furman at four, and then we talked about it earlier, but Chattanooga, I think, is yep. probably going to fall out. Uh, prove me wrong, Chattanooga, but and I I they, hate that we're recording this after they just lost to College of Charleston. Right. I right. hate they that. were underdogs, so it's not like they choked or anything. It was a close game. It was very close, and they they could have easily won that game. I just and it's like you know, first game with the new coach, new, exactly. new team. You can't exactly. expect them to. Yeah. No. And and we'll talk about those those first games for a moment. Yeah. But, all right. So continue, Jeff. So we got. UTC and I've fifth. got UTC fifth, Mercer six, ETSU seven. I know ETS. You guys are probably like what EC two ETSU like, seven. I like ETSU. I, I I'm biased. I've got them low. And I think then, they're good. Uh, you know, I think Western Carolina could play well. They could be a little bit of a shocker and finish. You know, in the sure. middle of the pack. I mean, but. that's the problem, right? Is that all of these schools, with the exception of a couple. 
could easily win on any day. Any yeah. day. And yeah. that's what we've seen historically is the best teams will lose to the worst team. You know? And if and that's what will cost us an at-large bid this year. That's true. So we need VMI and likely. Citadel and Western Carolina to go 0 and <laughs> Twenty. Yeah, you know, I, I think what's no really gonna. Schools, though, we love y'all. Yeah, I think what's I really gonna happen really. here. You know, again, I'll I'll finish it. Of. I've got Citadel and VMI. You know, nine and ten. But whoa, I think whoa. what's really gonna happen. What really needs to happen here for a team to get an at-large bid is you really have to have two schools play really well in the conference, almost trade matchups yeah. with each other, Swap right? Wins exactly, and then beat everyone else essentially especially the second place team and then i think that's what we, what needs to happen and it could but the problem is you have four teams that are legit yeah they're right. gonna beat up on each right. other and they all play each other kind of like twice. the sec in college football well cannibalize a there's really only once there's only two schools in the sec that are any good at football and that's tennessee, tennessee and georgia, georgia. let's be real let's, uh, so alabama's two plays away from a five and four season i'm just gonna put that out there well they're also two plays away from well, we don't have to think about the flip side of that <laughs> so michael uh give us your preseason prediction here if I you mean, don't put sanford first you are ex like y'all said sanford I, I really like even if i didn't go to sanford i, I think that they've got Everything that they need to win this conference Preach. because they've got Preach. so many returners. They've got four, I believe, four starters returning and like three or four quality bench players. They've got Bubba transferred from Bubba. Georgia Tech, who was VC. He went to VC. I'm sorry, VMI. Could arguably be the best coach he, in the SoCon. Oh, Bucky! I mean, Bucky won Coach of the Year last yeah, year. Yeah, Bucky. And, and to yeah. see what he's done. Again, this is when the bias comes in. But see what he's done around campus. Like I, I sent y'all a picture of the game on on Tuesday. Yes, night. it was hype. I was that like, game, I want to go. To that was a D two school first game of the season. And is that it was why we scored one hundred and twenty points? Well, our defense didn't look great, but it did not. But you know, it's basketball. But I mean, we think about when we were at Sanford. Yes. Never saw a game that that was that hype. There never, was one never. game. Oh, you're was right. There, you're, who, there was, who was there were that, like though? one or two games and every year. I went and we packed it out as Red Sea. Yep. But what was that? Game? It was great. I cannot remember who we played. It seems like I it was. Say, it would have been either Chattanooga or Chattanooga sounds right. I think it was Chattanooga. Yeah, I don't remember uh, that. Chattanooga sounds right, but I think the other game was was UNC Greensboro. Yeah, so Michael Bubba Parman was VMI Georgia Tech. VMI Georgia Tech. So he yep. he was yeah. um, he was the freshman the SoCon freshman of the year at VMI. Transferred to Georgia Tech, played for three yep. years, got good minutes, and now he's he here. averaged fifteen points as a freshman. Fifteen. That's points. pretty good. But to be paired up with Quez Glover and that backcourt, and they got Jaden Campbell. Yep. Jaden Campbell. Yeah. Um, it's Bubba it, Parman's a sleeper. Sleeper for player. Yeah, of the year. well, I, can you call him a sleeper when he shows up on the preseason all for player list? of the year? For player okay, of the okay, year. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know because that he's going to take over for the player that I think from Sanford that I'm most excited about is Jermaine Marshall. Jermaine? Because Marshall. he's big, he is physical, he rebounds the ball really well. I watched him on Tuesday night. And or Monday night, and he has really changed his body. It looks like he's lost a ton of weight, but he's yeah, he's six up. six two twenty five this year. Yeah, big guy. He's also from Birmingham, so like That's to have lean. that hometown, yeah, hometown connection, just like Bucky's got. Really excited about all that. Anyways, I'll get off my Sanford spiel there. Uh, I mean, Sanford is going to win the national championship, so we can. Oh, absolutely, they're going to beat UNC. Sanford, yeah. UNC in the national championship. Well, Jeff Who do you pull for in that situation, Jeb? You clearly pull for Sanford, right? Yeah. I think it's a win-win situation. Oh, sh- okay. Like, you, you've you got to pick a side. No, you have – so, you absolutely – if you're – especially if you went to a small school like we did and it's in the SoCon and it's your alma mater. Absolutely. I think those conditions say it's your alma mater all the way. It has to be. You know, like, I, I don't yes. – I've never understood – you know, people that don't go to like a big state school 
and then like root for that state school like people that go to a smaller school but then have their state school fandom if you will like it always blows my mind that people choose their big state school over like their alma mater you know like like pull for the school that you went to you know yeah even if it's like there's plenty like unc there are plenty of final fours like there are plenty of sam said this to me one time because sam's a huge oklahoma fan and he was like he uh of course He's what been quiet about that today for obvious reasons. He has been, but hey, we're two plays away from six and two. Didn't Oklahoma make it to the final four in 2017? Uh, yes. Is that right? That season. 2017. Yeah. It was like yeah, twenty. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Twenty seventeen. Final four was in Houston. Season. Was that right? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I watched us not make a basket against Villanova. It was terrible. right. You said to me after that game, you said, "Look, Jeb, you don't understand. UNC will have many final fours." Like yes. how many you said you asked me how many final fours have there been since you've been alive? And I was like, yeah, good point. You know? Yes, UNC Prince final for fours. OU to make it to the final four is a huge deal for him. Big deal. If Samford made it to the final four, dude, no I would have to slap That's my like face a because it the, didn't happen. Exactly. Like even if they made it to the Elite Eight or Sweet oh Six, God, yeah, yeah. If they, like, like, if they yeah, make yeah. it to the tournament. Be the first time in 22 years. Oh, we're going. We're going to the right, first. Right. The Even just making it to the tournament and just exactly my point. Here's my going only. all the way. Even if they were playing North Carolina, which if they won the SoCon, they're not going to play North Carolina because no. hopefully North Carolina is a one seed. But if they did, <laughs> be the eight nine. Hey, tell us what eight, you nine, really think up. about UNC, Joe. Hopefully they make it. If if they did play UNC in the first round, it'd be Sanford all the way. Sanford all the way. So I'll get off my, you know, all right, let's get back to, whatever. Let's but... get back to Mike's predictions. Right, well, Mike. I've got to admit, if, Sam, if if Tennessee in football is sitting where we're at right now, at, you know, five in the country and chance to make the playoffs, and we've got like a non-conference Sanford coming up, I, I'm still going to pull for Tennessee because of the implications. <laughs> you would be we've that never guy. made the college football playoffs. But it's also because it wouldn't matter to Sanford. Exactly. It would that's, matter. I mean, yeah, it would point. matter like it matters to App State beating yeah. Michigan. Which it's is so different epic. in football, though. Like you have to, it's so different it in basketball, like because compared to football, like, because they play, they're not playing their postseason on the same level, right? Absolutely. You look exactly. at FCS versus FBS. We've, it's so we're still different, make right? the playoffs. Yeah. In basketball, like you have a school like Gonzaga, that is well, I don't even know. Was it one of you that I was arguing this with? But Gonzaga is like a modern. They're kind of like the Clemson of basketball. Yeah, you know, where like they kind of just recently came Except onto they, the scene. They haven't won it, right? No, they haven't won they, it, but they made it to yeah. the national championship and Twice. lost. To and they had so they're kind of they're kind of like yeah. modern day Oklahoma, really. Oklahoma, <laughs> they, they make it football? and don't win. I mean, two years ago they yeah. were on pace to be the best basketball team in college basketball history until they lost to Baylor. So no, but look, Oklahoma's football has, and then all of a sudden Baylor became like one of the best basketball teams in history. Baylor's like, so good at everything. Randomly. Is like it random loop, or is it random? The dollar bill. That's Texas, yeah. man. It's not it's random. Like and Baylor, they have, they were, Baylor has been so bad at every sport for so long that at about 2000, when Archie three hit campus, I think he played in their last year at their old stadium or last few years of the old stadium. That was the turning point. That's when all of a sudden $100 million donations come rolling in and they're just the face of Central Texas in a blink of an eye. Yeah, well, that and Magnolia Gardens. but Yeah, we're not talking about them. Uh, okay, so we're going back to your, so back to you your guys, uh, predictions. Yeah, Mike. sorry. No, we're actually changing the uh, topic of this podcast to Home and Garden. Home and Garden? Uh, we're gonna um, be so, discussing yeah, the so obviously Club. Sanford is is my well, not obviously my pick, and then Jeb, I think I'm with you at U N C G to come in second, just because of the the talent that are returning. I like it. The, I like it. That would be so um, exciting. Keandre Kennedy, the transfer from U N B C, is supposed to be really good, so it'll just kind of add to what they're bringing back. Furman, Furman, I, I'm gonna actively. It's so root easy to pick them, right? Furman, I'm gonna root against them this year though, because wow. they've got. So much good talent coming back. They kind of had our number last year, although we did beat them uh, towards the end of the season at home in our red out game, which is awesome. But 
What happened? Just at, what happened at the end of the season to Furman? I forgot. Um, oh, they lost. That's right. Okay. Oh, was it a gruesome overtime last second shot against Chattanooga? If you can't tell, we don't love the South Carolina schools, Walford and Furman. They're some of the more annoying. Although I think all of us considered conference. going to those schools at one Stanford point. Stanford also beat uh, my brother was Walford, another South Carolina school. Furman. Yeah. I toured both. They were beautiful campuses. David Very Girl, pretty. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go Sanford, UNCG, uh, Furman, like Wofford, Chattanooga. I, I really would love to put UTSU up there. I'm just not sold yet. Uh, maybe it's after just this too, it's year. too competitive. It's too competitive. If some of the other They've schools weren't as good. Talent. They could do I it. I love Des Oliver. Uh, I've got a lot of friends up in that Johnson City, you know, Kingsport, Tri Cities area, but I, I just can't push them up the list right now. And then after that, for the bottom four teams, guys, they're all going to kind of beat yeah, each other. They're going to be the cakewalks. Who knows? Yeah. But that's okay. Those teams, you know, everybody's going to have their moment. It's a conference where if you grind, you can get enough talent to win. Absolutely. But what, what, and I don't want to dig into the transfer portal right now because I know it's like a huge conversation, but I really think because like the VMI obviously lost a couple of huge players to the transfer portal. Yep. Citadel lost their best player to the transfer portal to South Carolina. Yep. And look at those two, two teams sitting, you know, dead last in the, the preseason polls. So it's just tough when you don't have a great full team to play with when you've got these great players, individual players that are just going to leave and go play somewhere else. Yeah, yeah that was something they hit on hit on at media days. They uh, they'd asked the commissioner, you know, about that issue, and he said, "I'm paraphrasing, but he had basically said, you know, if this were a different time period for the conference, it would be very concerning, right? When our best players are leaving. But we've had so much sustained success as a conference that we're now a destination conference for Power Five players, and you see that we got a Georgia Tech transfer, Florida transfer." It's uh, been like that with football too. It's been like yeah, that. Exactly. Football. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the SOCON is in a unique space geographically for one, but also just how much success and the quality of product on uh, on the football field and basketball court that the conference produces that players are confident about, you know, being challenged in the conference. And so they don't see this as a step down necessarily. They just see it as a, a better opportunity to get on the court. But does it create a top heavy league? Because it might these these top four teams that that have yeah. gotten power five transfers all have a lot of hype around them. They're the ones that are getting the transfers coming in. The bottom the bottom tier the bottom you know five teams are all the ones that are having transfers go out. So, That's fair. But to be, I mean, Citadel and VMI have new coaches. So yeah, they're two of the ETSU, four bottom teams. ETSU lost their three best players to the transfer, and they have but they got transfers the school, coming in too. They, um, they do, but it probably, yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, we talked about Brock Chanick, and then they also got they got somebody else. Brock Chancic, yeah. Brock Chancic. Come on, get it right, Sam. It's an easy name. Is it? Yeah, Josh Taylor. So Josh Taylor also transferred in from UGA. Uh, played 11 games last year, um, but didn't get that much playing time. He was a Rivals yeah. top 200 player. Number 129 wow. in the country. And he chose the SOCON. Why? We're to- good enough. And we're right, we're right next to all these power conferences, SEC, ACC. We're right here. And it's just an easy switch. There's a lot of uh, flow between the coaching staffs. There's a lot of synergy, honestly, just in the region in general. Yeah. How much of a bummer is it that Wesley Cardet transferred away from Sanford? I mean, that guy was a top 50 recruit last year. All that hype coming into the program. Not the, that's not the first time that that's happened. He, um, he didn't pan out, and he ended up leaving the team. Wasn't early. he the biggest recruit Sanford's ever gotten? Had to be. I mean, he was. He was. I think he was like a top, if not top fifty, he's definitely top one. No, he, I think you're right. I think he was top. He was top, top he was like borderline, you know, highly rated four star, borderline five signed. star. But he didn't. He maybe he was attitude issues. I don't know. But what a bummer. I mean, sometimes it just there. doesn't work out. Yeah, you hit the campus, and it's just not what you thought. How could you not it's like, like Sanford? Do we want to go there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have a Moe's barbecue or a Moe's Southwest <laughs> on campus now. Oh, I would love to know what the other SoCon schools think of Sanford. We got a very diverse range of schools in this conference. Very diverse. I mean, my sister's at UTC right now. Brother went to Wofford. Those are very different experiences. Absolutely. And That's Sanford is different than both of those two. Yeah. I mean, that's good, though. 
You know, I mean, it's, it's good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay, so let's kind of recap. So let's see, Mike, you had we we all had Sanford. We all had Sanford winning the conference tournament, right? Yeah, purely Correct. objective. Yeah, we, uh, we all had Mike had Sanford had UN, winning. Mike and Jeb both had UNCG second. I had Furman second, and then either one of y'all think UNCG is going to pull it off to get an at-large bid? I yeah. Uh, and you UNC's, called the Arkansas win. So. Yeah, I'm calling the Arkansas win. UNCG <laughs> at large. Let's make it happen. I mean, I, I think there's even a case for UNCG to finish first. Uh, oh, absolutely. There's a case for that. Uh, I just, you know, picking Sanford, um, you know, I got to pick the alma mater, but there's a, there's certainly a case for UNCG to finish in first too. So Yeah. Keep in mind that in the media poll, Furman or uh, Chattanooga was picked second, yep. not fourth. Yep. Which I find kind of interesting. And yeah, also, was the biggest mover in that media poll. And also keep in mind that, believe it or not, the three of us picked Chattanooga to kind of fall into the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. I think that I, so, this is going to sound bad, but I think it's a lazy pick for the media because they just see Jake Stevens. Mm-hmm. And I get it. You know, basketball, there's five guys on your team at one point on the court. If 20 percent's one guy, right? If he's a beast. That's a significant I mean, advantage. A guy that but... size should not be shooting 50% from three. No. And it's not like he only had a couple threes last season. He was averaging, right. I think, five a game. Five attempts yeah, a game. Yeah, let's see. For three-point shooting. He was he had 44 threes, averaging 2.8 a game. Yeah. Pretty good he for a guy that's... 74 three-pointers last year. The game itself, I mean, the game, it's the game of basketball itself, like... At pro level to like college to high school and even like in you know kit in kids leagues, right? We we're seeing that like since guys like Steph Curry have come out and guys like the shooting game has just become like oh, insane, yeah. especially amongst the bigs. Yeah, Joel Embiid three pointers. I mean, it's Embiid baby. That's how kids are modeling their games now coming into college. And so to even see like big guys shooting threes, like it's not as surprising for me. Um, it's just a trend that you've seen over the over the years as, you know, a lot of these professionals that are coming out, you know, it's just the game has changed to that. Um, mm-hmm. And we I see totally it in the tournament. Agree. We see it in the tournament every year, right? We see it in, we see it in all the power five schools, right? Um, I mean, well, that's the thing, Jeb. That's the the point that you just made. Is power five is that that's what surprises me so much about having Jake Stevens is this in SoCon is that like it's actually really hard to have a big that could shoot like that, and that's why it's always they're always in the power five. So to have somebody like it that in the SoCon, virtually unstoppable, because which has got to be ninety percent of why they're ranked so high in the media poll. Oh, absolutely, because the bigs in this league. They're just not the same level as the Power Five. No, and it, they're used differently. Um, there are definitely some pure scores, bigger guys, but I mean, we looked at the rosters. There's a ton of just six eight, six nine, six ten teams that are capping out at that height, and right. those guys are just dogs. All right, like they're getting your boards. Uh, they might block a few shots, but they're not shooting three. Yeah, exactly, but, Sam. So let's transition over to football uh, real quick. It's been quite a season. I mean, quite a season. Uh, you kind of have a four-way race for first between Mercer, UTC, Furman, uh, and Sanford. So yes. currently, Sanford is undefeated in the conference. They're six and zero, and then Furman, Chattanooga, and Mercer are all five and one. So Sanford has a huge matchup against UTC this weekend, and then they play Mercer the very next week. So there's a lot that can change in the next couple weeks. Uh, Mercer could play its way in. Sanford can obviously play its way in. Chattanooga can play its way in. As of this moment, the SOCON has predicted three teams, three teams uh, in the FCS playoff. Sanford, Chattanooga, and Furman with Mercer on the outside looking in. Didn't uh didn't was it Mercer already has a loss to one of those teams and so it makes it a little bit harder for the, Chattanooga okay right yeah Chattanooga has a loss to Mercer yeah they lost big time about about twenty to Chattanooga yep. but then Chattanooga lost to Furman right yep but Sanford has beaten Furman 
at the time when Sanford beat Furman, Furman wasn't ranked. And honestly, when I was watching that game, I was a little nervous. I was like, dang, like Furman's putting up a fight. Like they're not supposed to be that good. Sure enough, they're very good. And now all the Furman fans are going to get all fired up because there are some very controversial calls, some fumble, non-fumble action. Uh, But at the end of the day, the uh, Bulldogs pulled it out. Current poll, Sanford's 10th in the country in the stats perform FCS top 25. I think we're a little higher in the coaches poll. They're the yeah, UTC in the coaches poll. Okay. Yeah. So UTC is 11th. Furman is 13th. Uh, and then Mercer's 14th. So a lot of respect uh, to the SoCon in football this year. But I mean, let's be real. There's always at least one or two teams that are in top top 25 every year. The crazy thing is Mercer and the coaches poll was 11 with Chattanooga at 12 and Furman at 16. Well, it's because Mercer was really hyped up. They have that quarterback. Who's that quarterback? Fred Payton, senior out of Georgia. Yeah, and didn't he have completing he almost seventy like percent of his passes? Doesn't he have some NFL hype behind him? Really, I want to say I mean, he he's does. got twenty hit touchdowns. That's pretty incredible. Twenty hit touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to see, even at the quarterback position, to see a guy out of the SoCon, you know, get get looks. I think. I mean, I could be. Oh, guys, I could be making this up. Obviously, uh, we we had Devlin Hodges, you know. Yeah, that's right. Get looks. Liam Welsh got to play. Pretty solid too. Yeah, he was incredible. And then uh, who was the guy when we were there? He transferred from like New Mexico. Oh, um, Arizona State. Arizona Arizona State. State. Yeah, he was like a four-star recruit in high school. Okay, maybe it wasn't Fred Payton. I I was I thought Mercer had some NFL hype, but I guess it wasn't uh, Fred Payton. But I mean, regardless. He's having an incredible season. 67.5% well, their completion. Their top receiver, Ty James, has 10, 10 touchdowns. You guys are thinking of Michael Eubank, right? Earlier transfer yes. from Arizona yes. State. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. Mike Eubanks. Yeah. He was supposed to be like our Cam Newton. And that uh, we were so hyped about that. Yeah, that did not happen. Uh, he wasn't bad, but Devlin Hodges just beat wasn't him out. Hodges. He wasn't the duck. That's right, baby. Yeah, Ty James and De- Devron Harper both have 10 touchdowns on the season. That's pretty good. 739 yards, 670 yards, respectively. Uh, 52 catches for Devron Harper, 37 for Ty James. Like, that's wow. Honestly, though, Sanford's quarterback. Beast. 27 touchdowns and three interceptions. Yep. That's beast. on par with Hendon Hooker, who's possibly who's a Heisman candidate. <laughs> overall completion percent of 76.4 i mean but the hatch attacks built different yeah, oh, they yeah shout out to coach obviously. hatch for winning us coach in sanford history yeah that was pretty awesome cool to see him get the game ball especially kind of with the coaches that have come through it's quite a lineage like, uh, bob Bowden? yeah i think yeah like that guy bobby sanford greats yeah i think uh you know you look at you look at chattanooga sanford uh, Furman, Mercer, you know, Sanford at 10, right? Yep. Chattanooga 11, Furman ranked 13, Mercer 14. Hopefully uh, one or two of those teams can make it deep in the uh, playoff this season. And honestly, that is all about matchup. I'll never forget. Oh, yeah. I think it was Duck Hodges' team. We got Youngstown State in the Youngstown first Youngstown State. Ugh. Holy crap. Talk about two different styles. You had a ground and pound grinded out football team in Youngstown State who were big. And you had us who were a finesse West Coast throw it everywhere kind of team. And they shut us down. They bled the clock. Terrible. FC, FCS like is Georgia, just, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. FCS is just so I mean, you've got South Dakota State every single year. Like there are North Dakota State. FCS. There are like North machines. Dakota State as well. I mean it's like Jackson uh, State's pretty aren't they an Alabama team? Yeah. They're pretty, yeah. They've always been good. Yeah, they knocked us out the last time we were in the playoffs. They're 9-0, yeah. too. They're them and, well, I guess, Jack State, Holy Cross, Sacramento State, all 9-0. So. so Furman and Mercer and Sanford Chattanooga all play each other this weekend. This is going to be big a weekend. big, big weekend. Big weekend, yeah. And then just one more week left, you have Wofford and Furman. And Wofford's on the rise. So Wofford started off the season super poorly, super poorly. But they fired their coach halfway through. They've kind of lit a fire. Sanford was the first to play them. Now, Sanford played a little rough against them, but it was a close matchup. Um, 
and they play Furman. And if Furman can beat Mercer, they'd be one week away from an at-large bid to the playoff. And I would not be surprised if they... Now, granted, it's a huge rivalry game. So they're not going to overlook Wofford, but Wofford's going to get up for it. And they would love nothing more than to ruin their rival season. That is a that is a big rivalry and a possible trap game. Possible trap game. New Where it's kickoff. A, it's a, uh, November 19th, maybe. Advantage. It's Furman. It's Furman. That'll be a good game. And then Sanford plays Mercer. I mean, we got we got a good set. Now, Chattanooga plays Western Carolina. That should be a dub. Um, so Chattanooga's last real test is going to be this weekend. If they yeah. get by Sanford, they're going to be in the playoff. Um, That'll be tough because it's at chat, right? And honestly, but it is. It's a Finley Stadium. But honestly, if Sanford gets past Chattanooga, even a loss to Mercer, I don't think knocks them out. That'll be their first loss. First loss in the FCS. Yeah. That's, and their only other loss is to number one other Georgia. Other than to Georgia. So Sanford's path, you know, got to win this weekend against Chattanooga, gotta right? Win. If we and win, then, we're in. Yeah. And then Considering next weekend. What's it, 16 teams? Yep. And if Chattanooga wins, they're in. You've really, I mean, you've got to win, you know, the week 12 games. Sanford has to go Mercer. one and one over the next two weeks. Yeah, Furman but you, needs you, to win out. You want to win that Mercer game in week 12 as well. So, I yep. mean, yeah. You want yeah, to go one and one, but I mean, you, you have to win that game. And then. No, I, I think Sanford is very likely going to go two and oh. Yeah. There's a lot of two and loss then, teams though, that are sitting right behind us. So, yep. What's yeah, interesting, you know, ETSU plays Mississippi State week twelve. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's like a late season non conference matchup. But Dude, those SEC schools do that. They do. Mike they have Fitch that weird thought break. They're gonna be sitting pretty, making the playoffs. Like, oh, let's, let's coast on in. Did he though? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so let's be real though. Sanford wins out. So Sanford has the best shot of making it into the top five by the end of the season. Before the yeah. playoff. I don't see Chattanooga making that same jump just because look at some of the schools ahead. You have Holy Cross and Jackson State who are both still undefeated. And Sacramento State. And when you have two losses, let's see. Wow, that's interesting. Their very first game was a conference game against Wofford. I did not remember that. And they won 31-0. So that just kind of goes to show Wofford is a totally, totally different team Yeah. Uh, after they let go of their coach. So UTC lost to Illinois 31-0. I would say that our 30 30- to zero loss to Georgia is a much better loss, uh, but that's just me. And they lost to Furman, as we had said. Um, I'm just so surprised we didn't even put up a touchdown against against Georgia. You know, it's like, I, I, dude, that Georgia defense is so legit. Good. No, it's, it's legit, scary. but I mean, it's just, it's just not, crazy. It's not, a, it's not a going into Florida putting up forty. You know, no, but the well, the weather didn't help either. It was right. like a run the ball kind of day, and we're not a run the ball kind of no, team. We are right. a it's yeah, good passing team for sure. Now, I'm not saying we would have put up points, but <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the football season is going to have a super exciting ending. I'm excited to get you know on our next episode, kind of a recap of exactly what happened because you never know. I mean, the SoCon is loaded this year with talent. Yeah, and football and basketball, right? And we it's a pretty a lot epic... about basketball, football. Yeah. Good finish this season, so I'm excited to talk about see it. Some, uh, see what special talent coming out on both sides. All right, that was a, a an awesome conversation on the basketball football season. We're super excited, as we've said, uh, for the basketball season to really get going. Conference play starts at the end of December, and the football season is going to have a very exciting end too. Before we uh, sign off, Jeb, Mike, you you got any people you want to shout out? Yeah, I've got to give a huge shout out to my. My guy, James Bradbury, Stanford grad. Uh, Let's get it. Went to school, you know, while we were there. And he's playing really well with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I wish him the best. Uh, love watching him play. He's one of the best players in this league. In the, he in, had an in interception the this weekend, league. right? He did, yeah. You know, PFF's got him ranked as the 47th overall player in the NFL. Dang. You know, a couple Stud. other guys to give shout-outs to. Michael Pierce, Montrell Washington, uh, Nick Williams. So yeah, it's 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 good to watch, you know, SoCon grads, especially Sanford grads out there. So, go dogs, go dogs, Bow Mike. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> keep keep Bow him well. <laughs> rough him, rough him. So who you got, Mike? Yeah, keeping with the Sanford bias, obviously, I've got to give a big shout out to Kelsey Pope. He's in his first year as Tennessee's uh, University of Tennessee's wide receiver coach. 
That's right. After spending some time as an analyst, he's, I mean, obviously Tennessee's got, you know, one of the top offenses in the country this year, but really what he's done with the wide receiver group at Tennessee, uh, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, both coming off of somewhat lackluster careers at Tennessee, uh, both recruited under the previous coaching staff and um, somewhat under the radar talent, especially with Cedric Tillman, but really challenged those guys in the offseason. And, uh, I mean, Jalen Hyatt, five touchdowns against mm-hmm. Alabama. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty sick to watch. So Turn them into beasts. Absolutely. Big shout-out to Kelsey Pope. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. He was, for those of you who don't know, a Sanford receiver back in our day, back when we were we freshmen at Sanford. So that's my shout-out for the week. I want to keep on the wide receiver train. Shout out to Kendall Watson, Sanford wide receiver, beast, fellow Macaulay guy. He was on my brother's football team. If we make a deep run in the playoff, it's going to be because he makes some clutch catches. If y'all haven't seen any of his highlights, you need to look him up. Every I feel like every week he is making an insane grab, uh, just making the quarterback look too good. But other than that, guys, just a reminder, we are not experts. Do not take our, <laughs> our picks to the bank because you probably will lose. But we look forward to seeing you all next week where we recap kind of the action of the football and whatever basketball games are going to be going on. Uh, We're excited. It's going to be a fun journey. Stay this OCON, signing off.